We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello? We're on to Cincinnati. You play to win the game. It was all that Dan Marino's fault. Everyone knows that. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Rockpile Report, AFC East Roundup, hosted by Bill's season ticket holder, Drew Gear, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the AFC East Roundup Podcast. I'm your host, Bill's season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And man, is it a week. Has it been a week in the AFC East? Two teams coming off of a bye. Just kind of looking ahead. When you thought about this at the beginning of the year, Chris, did you believe that there would be a point in time where we were talking about the Bills not being in the top two of our division? No. Like there, were, there, there was conversation that like the Dolphins are making strides. They're obviously spending a lot of capital. They're spending a lot of money. They'll catch up and make things interesting. This will be, you know, this will be more interesting than it has been in years past. And the Jets had draft capital. And the Jets had draft capital, who they were going to take rookies. But there's no way all those rookies are going to start playing well at the same time. Like that can't happen. Yeah, it can. Now look at us. Look, look just, just look at it. I mean, I'm not worried. Well, you're one of the few. See, there's a lot of Bill's angst out there. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to point fingers at anybody. I'm not going to cast dispersions as to anyone who might have gotten a little out of hand. Seriously, it's funny that you saw my tweets on Sunday after the game and your immediate response was, let me tweet a cute picture of my dog since you're burning down our Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. What I, what I love is that you do realize we end up gaining the majority of those follows back. And so realistically, like, like if I had, if I never did, had these outbursts, if I never tweeted like this and never, I think it's the invention of the mute button. People well, know just to mute us. Well, we would have well over five, six, 7,000 followers. If I hadn't, haven't spent the last five, six years, just alienating a pocket of them overly sensitive people on Twitter. Right. 
Our following could be huge. I would throw you into that group. <laughs> You've watched me nuke our account weekend after weekend over the course of this podcast. Because in all honesty, I don't care. Like, I think I tweeted out at one point because someone was like, man, garbage takes like these is how you lose followers. I was just like, guys, I don't I don't know if you like, do you think I care? I tweeted out a picture of Jack holding a drill because he was like, daddy, we need to fix the fridge. I was like, hell yeah, we do, kid. Let me get a beer. You and me are going to fix the fridge together. Sure. I care more about that than anything that happens on social media. Take it away. Hell, Chris, if Elon Musk really does do the thing and tank Twitter, like if he destroys it. I don't think he's tanking Twitter. He's just making it more of, um, I don't know what the word is, where getting rid of the bots and people that don't want to pay the $8 for Twitter blue. He's making it more of a more of a country club atmosphere <laughs> rather than you can get all these pores in. The Just think <laughs> I like the fact that you put it like that because it underscores for people what an asshole you really are. Think like, of it. You're think, so quiet nobody knows that you're quietly a bigger jerk off than me. <laughs> think it think of it like this. The episode of Always Sunny where Mac and Charlie try to go to the country club pool. <laughs> That's like what Twitter is. And then you got all these porters that want to stay on it now that he's wanting to well, consolidate not, it and make it a a smaller entity, well, which think, is what it should be. Well, no, <laughs> This is what I love. First of all, I don't believe any of that. What I do believe is open commu- open communication. But there again, and, and again, you can have mutes, filters, you can block people, you can hear words you don't want to hear, images you don't want to see. You should be able to you should be able to customize the internet to be what you want it to be. Just don't tell me what I can and can't do with it. And so I guess like I was joking around with uh, Anthony uh, Anthony Prohaska and yep. Aaron Quinn and Greg Thompson from Cover One that if he actually does run Twitter aground, I'm here for it. Just know that I'm going to flood the internet with with just inappropriate memes before they finally tank everything and the whole thing goes down. I don't care about our Twitter following. I love all of you guys, but if they took it away from me tomorrow, it doesn't matter. I was an angsty Bills fan this week. I was salty. I, in fact, I haven't tweeted about the Bills since this since my tirade on Sunday. But with that in mind, there are a lot of fans who feel the same way, and I'm interested to know what our divisional opponents think about that. Watching the way our fan base is handling this, because I think there's a lot of us, I'll include myself there, who thought this was going to be easier and aren't taking it well. And we start tonight's conversation, as always, Christian Simonelli. (laughs) The the Patriots. Hey, listen, listen, we're talking about grumpy Bills fans. We're we're not in the basement yet. If we were in the basement yet, it wouldn't just be grumpy. This the, the the theme of tonight's show wouldn't be angsty Bills fans. It would be suicidal. It would be apoplectic Bills fans. It would be, uh, it would be oh my god, there's a car in the ri- there's a car floating down the Niagara River, like that's how bad things would be. So the New England Patriots bye week. How did everybody like? What was the talk around Boston and in Boston media about you know, just coming off the bye? What are they going to fix? Uh, you know, 
what are they going to fix more specifically? What are they going to fix with the offense? Are they going to fix Mac? Are they going to fix the offensive line? Are they going to fix the wide receivers who couldn't get separation if they were running against air? Um, that's sort of been, what are they going to do? Uh, so hopefully some of those things are addressed. They're coming out pretty healthy. Um, you know, it was a, a pretty much a full practice today. Um, haven't seen any issues with Mac and his ankle at all. So, they're uh, in, in, in pretty good health. So that's that's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it really is the place that you guys need to figure this out because statistically, when you look at it, now obviously some of that's helped by some really lopsided games, like the one you just played against the Colts. But when you look at the mm-hmm. rankings, you guys have, what, you're third in the NFL on defense, you're top 15 in yards against. You guys are doing pretty well. Again, in most defensive metrics, you guys average. You guys are average. You're average and you excel right. in a few different places. And then offensively, you guys are just the pits. <laughs> Everything offensively, there's so much you guys are doing that are it's like turnovers. You know, what is it? Team turnovers lost your 30th in the NFL. That's not good. I mean, the Bills are 32nd, so I can't throw stones. Uh, but just first downs, you're 27th. Uh, yardage, everything passing is down. Your rushing is down. Everything is just anything that was good about the offense last year has come crashing back to earth. Now, obviously, you guys don't have a game right. for us to recap because you're coming off the bye week. So instead, what I want to first talk about is the outlook forward. And then the theme of tonight's show is just what you think about Bills fans getting angsty and in their feelings about their current predicament. Now, first, when you look at what's ahead of you guys, one of the things I always like to do about this time of the season is you start taking a look at the various playoff calculators that exist out there. And if I look at the New England Patriots, right now, like 538 says you guys are a 39% chance to make the playoffs. Right. And depending on who you're looking at, that's a different, it, it carries a little bit different. I mean, right now, you guys are last, according to Football Outsiders in the AFC East, single digit playoff odds. But realistically, when you look ahead of you, you've got the Jets, the Vikings, and the Bills. The three teams and the Cardinals, if you want to make it four weeks. Four teams who, I don't know, the Vikings just keep, the Vikings, I, I, everyone keep, wants to call them lucky. <laughs> everyone wants to call them lucky. But at the same time, it's like I said during our recap, luck is just like, luck often gets confused for just preparation meeting opportunity. Other teams mm-hmm. give the Vikings games. They just, they're smart enough to take advantage of it. Like, that's it. The Jets, who knows whether the Jets are for real or not. The Bills are just, I don't even know what to talk about it. And the Cardinals, that douche in his, his, he has hair like Chris. Do you trust a head coach who's running a team like that with that kind of hair? It's like he put more. He nope, put, and not one, not one that sits in his, in his living room in the draft like he was going to, uh, you know, a prom. Oh my god! My favorite thing about that was that he has like this super villain esque house, like he's some oh, kind of Bond villain. It was like yeah, 007, Bond villain. Yeah, yeah. And then Bill <laughs> Belichick's doing it in the in a room from 1968 with a dog. <laughs> There's a dog. With a dog, with, dog with wicker chairs. Yeah, like that's yeah. they couldn't have they couldn't be more polar opposites. So what is the level of optimism? Because obviously the statisticians. Their outlook isn't kind to the Patriots, but the Jets could be Cinderella's. Maybe this magic that they found in all these rookies that are powering this team 
maybe some of that shine starts to wear off as they themselves come out of the bye. Maybe the Vikings finally find somebody that they can't make constant mistakes against and somehow get out of it. Maybe the Bills aren't who we thought they were. What is the outlook as far as the playoffs in the minds of Patriots fans? The next, the next three games, the next four games, like you just mentioned, they'll define the season. Um, three games in 12 days because they play on Thanksgiving. So catch this Sunday, Minnesota, Thanksgiving night, come back against you guys the following Thursday. So three games in 12 days. Um, this is what, you know, this is what the season going to be defined by. I would say this week's game against the Jets is must win. You can't fall to five and five. Um, you know, in the division now, especially the way the division is, and expect to make up ground at that point, being five and five with everything that you have in front of you. Um, and I'll add a note about the schedule. The beginning of the season, we played the Patriots, played the Pittsburgh Steelers, they played the Lions, they played the Browns. That's what you guys are doing now. So you guys are getting our schedule to end the year. So it favors you guys more than anybody. Um, and it's certainly less favorable for the Patriots moving forward. What would your reaction be if this team found a way to sneak into the playoffs? <sighs> all I think about, <laughs> all I think, of, and I know what you said last week about, you know, oh, you're going to cherish the moments and you'll never know when you'll get back. Um, yeah, I want like a high draft pick, so <laughs> I'm going to be anger rooting for this team to lose. I I just I don't see them make any any way. Like I don't I don't see this as a team that was like injured throughout the whole year, and then they found their stride in the second half of the year, and they really started to turn it on, and they were able to sneak into the playoffs and make some noise. That's that's not what this is. We're we're grasping at straws here. We're looking for anything that resembles an NFL offense for this second half of the season anything we'll take anything because right now we've had pop warner and like i said about the schedule the only reason they're five and four is because you really had other teams you know just give you games and quite frankly it was the bottom of the barrel of the league. the team stunk the team's absolutely stunk um the one good team that you went up against baltimore beat you green bay's decent but they're still below 500 they beat you um so i just i don't you know, I just I, I look at it and I say, all right, we're getting the playoffs. Great. So what does that mean? We get bounced the first round. I don't see them going on beyond the first round. I just don't. I really don't. You know, it's funny you say that you guys get bounced from the first round last year pretty unceremoniously. And no, that didn't seem to dampen anybody's spirits before this season. <laughs> <laughs> dampen mine. <laughs> ah, I can only imagine. And so before we let you go now. You being the the Patriots fan that you are, you've watched a lot of angsty Bills fans over the years. And then when you watched the pivot of the division and the fact that control for back-to-back years, just resounding control of the AFC East, went to the Buffalo Bills. And now all of a sudden the Bills are sitting in third place. <laughs> and their, our fan base is not handling it well. If you had a message for angsty Bills fans be it salty, be it vindictive, be it, I don't know, encouraging. What would you say? Well, I would say that I I kind of felt like with you guys last year that the sky was falling, um, you know, after 
uh, the wind game that you lost to the Pats and then you won on the road the following week and you lost to Tampa Bay. I mean, just take yourself back to then. Wasn't feeling, wasn't feeling good about the team at all then. Were you guys coming off two losses? Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you make the playoffs, you find your stride at the end of the year. That's what I'm sort of looking at the Bills this year. Um, now, I know the injuries are totally different this year with you guys. That's the big difference. Is, you know, the injury bug has certainly hit you guys. Um, you know, so for you guys to get guys like Poyer back. And I saw a stat with Jordan Poyer that he, he, the defense gives up like 24 points a game when he's not starting and only like 12 when he does. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to think, but the like this season, the Bills have six wins when Poyer's healthy and all three of our losses have come when he's not on the field. It's wild. That's wild. I mean, talk about an impact. So, well, and you go back to like, say. look at the play. You got Cam Lewis, a first time right. safety who has to play because because right. Poyer's not in there, and on a deep ball thrown to their number one receiver, the kid goes for a pick instead of just doing the veteran thing and knocking it down. All he had to do was swat it away. Right. That's, it. That's the difference in the game, and or at least right. it's one of the one of the many. And you say to yourself, oh. this is where you're missing all that Pro Bowl, all pro talent. Like, we're missing all of it right now for spots. And every single one of our losses, it's the same story. Yep. It, if, if the team ever gets healthy, who knows? If the team ever finds its way there, I, I can't say. I just know that there are a lot of disgruntled, disgruntled Bills fans out there. And Well, I'm, there should be. Uh, I mean, that game Sunday... I turned the game off after Dalvin Cook scored the touchdown because even after that, I was like, oh, all right, they scored a big deal. Buffalo's just going to come right back on the field and score, and that's it. Like, Because Josh looked fine to me. He really did. Um, but the way that unfolded was crazy. I, I just re- actually rewatched it. They replayed it on NFL Network last night. Um, and I was. <laughs> I, I bet you the, did, like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I missed it. Just like you, I'm a petty bastard, and I bathe in misery. <laughs> Christian, we love you. I love the fact that right I'm, I'm, I'm fishing another beer out of the fridge because this is just this might be the most depressing roundup podcast we've ever done. I'm fishing <laughs> another Montaki out of the fridge. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social and uh, just God, are, are you at least a sympathetic watcher at this point? Like if you can't root for your own team, can you at least can you at least root for us? Uh, maybe I don't know. I'll see how I feel. <laughs> it's a week to week thing. Um, you can find me at Chris with the TIA and on Twitter. Give me a follow. I'll give you a follow back. And, uh, you know, the way things are going right now, I guess we can bathe in each other's misery. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. And so that brings us to the Buffalo Bills, who lost to the Vikings unceremoniously 33-30 to on Sunday. And just what is an ever-growing list of travesties this team is subjecting me to? I know what most of our guests tonight are going to say about like talking to angsty Bills fans. Guess what? I am one. I will not apologize for that. <laughs> I, I will not. Chris, you being a rather, some, something of a nihilist on this topic, what would you say to overreactionary Bills fans? We're fine. Why? Help sell it. Help, help me feel better about this. We have Josh Allen. A hurt Josh Allen who's playing through a pretty serious injury. All right. Did we not do this last year? Did we not lose to the Jaguars in a in a in a less way less competitive fashion? <laughs> and then didn't we get didn't didn't we have a winter storm against the Colts and we got our doors their doors blown off us at home? No, we won that game. That's like, how bad your memory is. We beat the Colts last year. Oh no, last year. No, there was no storm though. The only Colts storm game was back in 2017. There was no, well, there's not to that level, but I believe no, it I believe snowed. Ooh. Yeah, we got our doors blown off. Well, that's because I and then Isaiah we, McKenzie can't hang on to the football. And then we lost to the Buccaneers in uh, overtime. Yeah, we went through. We've been through a stretch around the same time, like clockwork. But according to you, the sky's falling, and well, we need to get rid of everybody. Sunday Drew, yes. Sunday Drew would be right there with you. I'd jettison everybody into the sun. This would be like the movie Alien, and I would force our entire offense into the airlock and blow them out into the cold of space. But you're talking to Wednesday Drew. Wednesday Drew has a little bit... Well, first of all, I haven't had that many... I haven't had that much to drink yet. Are you going to apologize for your... No, because I'm sure, I'm sure by the time we're done talking to this, I'm going to be fired up again when we go to do the recap. But, as I promised you in the show that you heard first this week, in the recap, there's some sobering statistics out there. There's some things that I guess, like, there are some things that point to the fact that even now, for as bad as we think things are, because we're in it, it's almost like a snow globe. When you're in it, you can't see the rest of the world. The rest of the world, outside of the national media and the talking heads, because they obviously have to generate clicks and still think pretty fondly of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Right now, if you go to the New York Times in their live, up to date playoff, uh, what do they call it? The the NFL playoff picture. And they just track every single week each team's path to the postseason. When you look at our division, we're six and three, but when you look at our odds to win the division and to make the playoffs based on their metrics, we're ninety percent to make the playoffs, highest in the AFC East, forty-seven percent to win the division, highest in the AFC East. That's what's our Super Bowl odds? According to them, thirteen percent. Now you go to the five thirty-eight. 538.com has a playoff. They call it their playoff predictions, but it's an interactive calculator where you can, if you want to, 
actually choose the results of your upcoming games and take a look at how certain outcomes would impact certain things. Giving so-and-so a win over the next two and me a loss now. It gives you a, it lets you paint a very accurate perspective of where you are, right? Right now, the Buffalo Bills are a 92% chance to make the playoffs, 49 for the division, 12% chance to win the playoffs or win the Super Bowl, second highest in the NFL over the Eagles, over the Vikings, who we just lost to. We still have better Super Bowl odds than everybody except for Chris. Kansas City. Kansas City Chiefs. God. And it's not hard to see why their playoff odds are better. They're at 99%. Why? Because look at their schedule. 31st, I believe, in the uh, league as far as ease the rest of the way. Like difficulty of schedule, they play the the beat-up Rams, the Bengals, who just look like a disaster this year, or at least a shell of who they were last year. Denver, which if you want to talk about train wrecks, Tell me that out of all the... I saw a stat on Twitter. Uh, somebody said if Denver scored at least 18 points in all of their games, they would be like 7-1. and one. <laughs> That's how bad their <laughs> offense is. That should make a lot of people feel better. Like, that should make... Well, that's also Nate Hackett, right? Yeah. So assuming Kansas City wins those three games, their odds for the playoffs are over 99%. And their percentage to win the Super Bowl is 30% because their odds of a first-round bye increased to 76%. For the Buffalo Bills, they have, let's see, like Cleveland, Detroit, New England, and the Jets. Mm-hmm. That's our next four. Let's say the Rams win and they go. Here's the thing. If the Rams win all, the Chargers, the Rams, Cincy, and Denver, if they win those four, they already clinch the playoffs. And they already clinch their division if they win those four games. They also have an 86% chance to win the bye. So we obviously are rooting against them. But all it takes is the Bills to match them down that four-game stretch. While we and they lose a single game, let's say they lose this weekend. Let's say they lose this weekend on Sunday Night Football. All of a sudden, now both of the, like they're neck and neck with the Bills again, and their odds of a first round bye all of a sudden that tips in Buffalo's favor. It just pisses me off that we've gotten to the point of the season now where, as Bills fans, we were you go, this roster was built to dominate and to carry. We're now scoreboard watching again. And so with that, as we will be doing pretty frequently from here on out on the AFC's Roundup, we've got your games of the week, games to watch, and your scoreboard watching interests. I think the big one is the Patriots over the Jets, right? Yep. Like the Patriots have to beat the Jets because we don't have any games against New England yet. We need the Jets to lose one so that A, we can catch them, and B, we can hold a tiebreaker for common opponent against each other. Now, let me find the Jets here. See, because if I if I just look at odds to make the playoffs, the Jets are all the way down here. They're They're way down. So if the Jets lose, Jets lose. The Bills' playoff odds increase 
automatically. If we win, now all of a sudden your odds to win the division are over 50%. Because it's basic. Like that right there already tips the scale in Buffalo's favor. You need the Patriots win to set that up. You also want the Packers over the Titans. Now, Chris, is that a Sunday night football game? No, Sunday, Thursday Sun, night. Sunday night football is the, uh, that's the Chiefs Chargers. Yeah, Thursday night football. Thursday night football, Jesus. Those games have been an atrocity, like we talked about earlier. You want the Packers over the Titans. Any word on uh, their quarterback situation? Tannehill played last week. Okay. So why would he? But, but is he still healthy? Because you don't need to see Malik Willis in another primetime game. Well, have you seen Tannehill play? He's mediocre as shit. Yep. Oh, yeah. shocker. Shocker that Tannehill's mediocre. There you go. But also, have you seen Aaron Rodgers play? Yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, Sunday Night Football, Chargers over the Chiefs. In this, just, just looking at this simulation... Chargers over the Chiefs. If the Charger, if the Chiefs were to lose, the Patriots are to win. Chargers win. Jets lose. The Bills now have the what is it? First round by they're now carrying the inside track. Yeah, I think it's pretty important that we get the one seed because I don't think Mahomes has ever played on the road in the playoffs. No, no, he has not. And so, if anything's going to change, you need to change that. But realistically, for all of the hand-wringing that fans are doing, doesn't it speak volumes that when you look at these when you look at the calculations and how the matchups actually play out, it would take a lot for the Bills to miss the playoffs altogether. Yeah. Like there's been teams, far less talented teams. I mean, I'll take you back to the what the team that ruined the perfect season. For the New England Patriots, the Eli Manning New York Giants, they were an eight. What were they? They they were a, the lowest wild card seed. I think they were nine and seven. They were a nine and seven football team. They won a Super Bowl. Why? Because their defense got hot and their offense figured out how to move the football through the air consistently right down the stretch. They took that hot start and that strong defensive line, rode it to a Super Bowl. There's no saying the Bills can't do the same. It's just nice knowing that for as down as we might be on them, the people who watch stats and analytics and compile all of these things then use them to make future projections still like the Bills 8% better than the Dolphins. To win the division, just to, like to make the playoffs, to win the division, they like them almost 20% better. Hopefully that type of information goes a long way towards quelling some of these fears that Bills fan have, because I, I've heard a lot of the noise. I've made some of it myself. It took that in order to get me off the ledge. Hopefully it does something for you. And so that brings us to the New York Jets. And here to talk to us, fresh off the bye, New York Jets, just like the New England Patriots. They didn't have to do anything, and they moved up. Mr. Scott Mason, you guys didn't. This has to be the most effortless move into second place of a division I've ever seen. It was definitely something. It's going to be a little tougher this week when they have to actually play somebody. But it was nice to finally have a bye week where not only were you sad that the Jets weren't playing because you'd gotten used to enjoying the games, but also good to see, and I'm sorry that it came at your expense, but it was good to see that the Jets were able to use the bye week to elevate themselves without even having to do 
anything. So nice to see some good luck come their way for once. So we're taking a look at this. We just got done talking to Christian Simonelli about the idea that coming off of a bye, you can't really look back. So instead, you look forward and looking forward over what the I mean, because right now you're in second place. You guys are firmly entrenched in the wild card picture. And the next handful of games you guys have are going to kind of dictate where this team goes and how far they go. You guys are looking at you're, you're traveling to New England against the Patriots. Then you're going to host the Chicago Bears, who seem to be tre- the, the Chris. Is it safe to say the Bears are trending upward, at least offensively? Yeah. OK, like I get it. They're going to get worse when they trade away Robert Quinn and uh, Roquan Smith. Two of their defensive stalwarts, when you trade them away, you're basically signing up to have a less effective defense, but their offense is all of a sudden scoring 20-plus points a game. Then you've got the Minnesota Vikings, who just continue to have teams hand them football games. And then you travel to Buffalo. Over the next four weeks, when you take a look at what you've seen the Jets become over this early portion of the season, what do you think about... I don't know, just about their odds and in your mind what the playoff picture actually looks like for the New for the New York Jets moving forward. I think the next two games are big. They need to get revenge on the Patriots for a variety of reasons. They need to get that monkey off their back. They haven't beat the Patriots since 2015. They also need to get that win because it's a division win, so that's going to be big down the stretch. We At this moment, every team in the division would be going to the playoffs. So there's going to be jockeying for position down the stretch. The other thing is, obviously, if the Jets win this game, they control their destiny the rest of the way. Because if they win, they go to first place. And then basically, they if they keep on winning, they would win the division. Now, I don't expect them to win all the games. But if they win this one, they would have a win over the Dolphins, a win over the Bills, and a win over the Patriots. They'd be 3-1 in the division. It would put them in really good spot for the rest of the season. The Bears actually worry me a lot, and the reason is because the Jets have had a lot of trouble with quarterbacks that can get out of the pocket and make plays with their legs. You guys saw what Josh Allen did with the Jets. He had trouble throwing the ball against them, but running the ball, he more or less had his way. He had almost 100 yards rushing. Lamar Jackson did fairly well against the Jets. Even Mac Jones was able to use his legs against the Jets. So that's been their defense's Achilles heel this year. I assume that Salah and Ulbrich and all them will go hard at work to, to try and figure out a way to contain Justin Fields, who it's funny enough, he wasn't a quote unquote running quarterback in college. Like he could use his legs when he needed to, but all of a sudden he's morphed into Michael Vick or something. So he could present a big, tr- a big challenge, obviously going to Buffalo, especially later in the year when it's really cold and could potentially be snowing since we know that it's probably going to snow really badly the next few days over there. That could be a big problem for the Jets. So especially since obviously the Bills will be looking for revenge. And so that's a tough one in Minnesota. Look on the road in Minnesota, the Vikings have won some really weird games close, but they're a good football team. And, and that's a tough place to play late in the year. So this schedule is going to be very, very tough. There's not a lot of games that you would say are gimmies the rest of the year, especially since, as you said, the Bears offensively are are playing a lot better. So they've got to start by winning this Patriots game, and then they can worry about it one game at a time. But ultimately, I think all they have to do is not collapse down the stretch, and they should be in firm position for a playoff spot. The division's a 
different story. That's going to be a lot tougher. But if they can at least split the rest of the way, then they should be in, in a pretty good spot to to get a playoff spot. And, and they've got to get this Patriots win. It's a huge one. The Jets fan base isn't known for being – no one says, hey, you know who's a really reasonable fan base? The New York Jets. <laughs> Those fans are grounded. They're down to earth. Their expectations. And, you know, the media people, you know, no one ever said – Chris, has anyone ever said, you know, you know what's one of the most even-handed media markets in the entire world? New York. No one's ever said no that. No one's ever said these things. <laughs> so – We've we've obviously seen like we we used to Chris we used to feature uh, what's his name Joe uh, oh he's got his own podcast now he used to be on what is it WFAN Scott's best friend Joe Benino Joe, Joe Benino Joe Benigo we used to feature audio clips from him constantly on the show and then he left the radio and now he started doing a podcast but he represented what might have been the most hyperbolic of the yes. fan base and even that guy has to be finding some optimism right now, right? Like, in terms of yeah. the pulse of the fan base in the local media, are things relatively positive? Yeah, absolutely. I, it's funny. It, this is the most universally positive that we've heard things in a while. The only thing that for a little bit people were really negative about was Zach Wilson, but he had that nice game against the Bills. And I don't want to say he's quieted the critics, but he's definitely we, – people were starting to talk about – contingency plans for 2023 and i think now jets fans are more in okay let's wait and see what happens mode if he can play like that the rest of the year the jets will at least have a chance so that was really the only bone of contention because obviously the jets were winning games the defense was really showing up the running game even though obviously losing a guy like Brees hall is huge we saw what the Jets were able to do in crunch time with Michael Carter and James Robinson. And so you saw a preview of what the running game could be like the rest of the year. And and I really haven't heard too many Jets fans be negative the last week during the bye. And that's a really rare thing the last few years. I mean, this team has been terrible for so long that you forget what it's like when the vibes are positive mostly. So, yeah, you're right, Drew. It's very strange. Like, even Joe Beningo has been more positive than negative, which is just bizarre world stuff. So with that in mind, having having been, and I feel like you're, you're, you might be more than most people that we're going to talk to tonight, because the question I'm asking every one of our guests to close their segment you guys, since the onset of the AFC East Roundup podcast, the Buffalo Bills have pretty much run the show. We've been in front. We've been behind, but only for a week or two at a time. There hasn't been an extended period of time where the Bills have been down, much less in third place in the division. And so with that in mind, knowing that your team was supposed to be the basement dweller, like, According to every outsider and even a lot of us in the run up to this season talking about maybe this is the year you close the gap on the Patriots. Not that this is the year you actually lap them in terms of effectiveness. Knowing that you've been we used to make jokes about how you were brought in here to be a jobber like the Brooklyn. Chris, what are some famous jobbers? The Brooklyn Brawler was one. He's probably my favorite because he just came in in that shitty. Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz. He came in with a shitty flat cap. Big Bully Busick. The the Brooklyn Brawler was always special Uh, to me because he reminds me of Brian Scott from ACDC. Like, uh, 
Yeah. Like Bon, bon Scott. Scott, yeah, for sure. I could see that. So, so yeah, Barry O, who was actually uh, Randy Orton's uncle, I believe. What about the Repo Man? Who was he? <laughs> I wasn't. That was Demolition Smash, aka Crusher Khrushchev. So he actually had a weird. He was a back top bully too. Man, we're going down a rabbit hole with him. He had a lot of characters. <laughs> How is so? So you have played any number of soup cans for this podcast for years. Now you get a chance right. to talk to the angsty. Oh my god, I can't believe we're in third place. Uh, why on social media? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm certainly not talking about anybody who's currently in attendance for this podcast. Um, Drew, Drew, can I just say that I don't know who it was that wrote that open letter to Josh Allen, but I was so embarrassed for you, and it wasn't even that you wrote it or maybe even know this person. But She's like, a sweetheart. Just the fact that any Bills fan is that pathetic to write something like that made me cringe so hard. She was a sweetheart, and she means well. You leave her alone, goddammit. Here's what I, here's what I will ask. I'm sure she's a sweet person, but my goodness. So this is my point. With that in mind, and knowing what you've been through as a guest on this podcast, having to do this every week, what would you say? Knowing what Jets fans' experience has been over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, but especially the last two or three, watching the Bills just throttle their way through the division, what would you say to angsty Bills fans on social media if you had a platform to do so? I mean, I do have a platform to do so. I talk to to people on social media, so... Oh, no, no, I'm saying right, show, like, like verbally, if you could have a conversation with them and yeah. say, look, guys, here's the deal... What would it be? I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but Bills fans sound like babies right now. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but for God's sakes, the Bills are still, for all intents and purposes, right there for the division. They're, everybody knows that barring an insane collapse, they're going to make the playoffs. I know Josh Allen has struggled the last few weeks, but he is playing hurt. And I know that he's been turning the ball over more than you'd like, but if, if he became available, teams would be willing to give up six first-round picks for the guy. So, like, it just sounds like everybody whining about Josh Allen is costing this team games and da 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 and the Bills, I hate this team, I love them, I'll be a Bills fan to the end. Da-da-da. Like, I get it. The Bills have had a bit of a tortured history since Jim Kelly left, too. But, like, this, you guys are talking about the Bills like they're the Detroit Lions, for God's sake. So just keep your heads up. It, it, the Bills are going to make the playoffs, even if they lose out on the division to the Dolphins or something. They'll make the playoffs, and any team that has the, the you know the combination of of coaching, and I know that the coaching staff isn't perfect, but the coaching staff, the defense, and Josh Allen and guys like Stefan Diggs are going to be in the mix when it's all said and done. So I get that people are frustrated because the Bills have lost the last two weeks and Josh Allen hasn't looked like Josh Allen, but the sky isn't falling. Calm down. Perfect. See, and that's, and that's what I know. I knew it. I was like, he's going to have a little something because it has to rub him the wrong way as someone we've said here on this show. Have a little perspective. And just the Jets haven't been in the playoffs since 2011, January of 2011. Have a little perspective, Bills fans. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Scott, we love you. Where can people follow you on social media? And what do you guys have coming up on uh, Play Like a Jetta coming out of the bye? 
So you can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, where, of course, if you want to interact with me about the Bills, and I will basically uh, talk you down from a ledge and tell you how it's way worse to be a Jets fan, then uh, you can get me at PlayLikeAJet1 on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is available anywhere you download podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, we're also, f- funny enough, Drew, I took a little bit of a page out of your book this week. Uh-oh. I don't want to say it's an AFC East roundup, but – Henry McKenna, who covers the AFC East for Fox Sports, came on the show since it was a bye week. And since he covers the whole division, we went around the horn and talked about the entire AFC East. So uh, that kind of served as a model for for the podcast this week. Um, And and all the usual guests will be on, of course. We'll do a midweek news and notes and film and all those things. Uh, Our good friend Brett Coleman will be back on the show soon to talk about the, the sauce video that he made, Lost in the Sauce, which at first, I'll be honest, knowing Brett, we all know this, uh, I thought it was about his uh, his habit of drinking uh, whiskey and vodka, but apparently it's about Sauce Gardner, so I was glad to hear that. And He's going to come on the show and talk about uh, a sauce soon. Uh, also, obviously, we're going to be uh, gearing up for that big rematch soon, and Drew, you'll be a return guest on the show to talk about the the Jets-Bills matchup from the Bills' perspective. We've got our store at tpublic.com. We've got our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. And right now, the the YouTube channel has been laying a little bit dormant, but the thunder from down under, Luke Grant is going to be coming back, rising up like Edge after a long absence, a long hiatus, and he's going to be coming in to win the Royal Rumble, which in our case, I guess, means he's going to be making some kick-ass all 22 videos so check out all of our content and like i said bills fans chin up because seriously you guys are going to make the playoffs stop worrying i maybe the dolphins sneak in and grab the division but you got josh allen you got a good defense you got a good coaching staff worry more about what what the real problem is in buffalo right now which is that it's about to be insanely cold and a lot of snow as we bring in mr elf rtr ltr elf i've forgotten your fucking name this is how flustered i am this week can we can we get this out of the way right now for context for the people that listen to the show and know that we record three shows in one night this is the first thing that we're recording in the day and you can't get his name right nope and you just cracked your first two beers of the evening yep i'm two-fisting at this point because the last thing i want to do is talk about not only the browns beating the, the, the dolphins beating the browns 39 to 17 but also the fact that the dolphins are now in first place in the afc east I mean, if there was, Chris, if there was horror movie music you could drop here, it's where I would suggest it. Elf, how are you guys living down there in South Beach? Ah, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. What, what a bye week, right? Like, I don't know. I'm, I might lay by the beach, you know, listen to the games on the radio. Maybe not even watch any football at all this week. Maybe hate watch the Patriots and Jets. Probably. <laughs> I'll probably do that. I'll see you guys, you know, in six feet of snow against the the Browns. That should be fun. I say you won't see it. It'll be like that 2017 game where I. Uh, yeah, if it happens, yeah. if it happens, great. You well, know. For, for those of you guys, there was a game back in 2017 where the Bills played the Colts in a snowstorm. I remember. That's one of my tailgate claims to fame. I set up a tailgate before that game by myself because my compatriots bailed on me before the game. They're like, oh, the, the weather's too bad. I went out there and set the party up by myself and sheltered and fed a whole bunch of people, but you couldn't see the stadium from a couple hundred feet away. 
And then there was a play in the game where Kelvin, I distinctly remember Kelvin Benjamin being lined up about a full yard offside. And it was snowing so bad that the side, like the line judge couldn't tell. And so he didn't get called for offside, even though he's a full yard and a half beyond the football. <laughs> That's yeah, we had a we had a hurricane once that was coming in, and then the hurricane missed us, right? But uh, this was back when the NFL used to say, oh, okay, if a hurricane misses you, who cares? You know, if it's raining, you'll still play your game, right? So the hurricane misses us, goes up north, but naturally we're going to get a ton of water, and we're playing the Steelers. This is like in the 90s, okay? And I remember I'm in that stadium and I'm tailgating and I'm like, this is like, this is stupid. Like, there's no way. Like, you know, there's no way they're going to play this game. Okay. And I remember I'm tailgating. I'm like, okay, halfway through the tailgate, I'm like, okay, it's time to get inside the car because there's no way we're going to be able to do it out here. And sure enough, I, I went in, we sat for like the, through the, through the first quarter and we watched the rest of the game from the concourse because. I think that that game is actually famous for a lot of the visuals that NFL films have shown where the water was like rivers going through the, the aisles at Hard Rock Stadium. That, it was it was absolutely awful. It was so bad that I don't even remember if the Dolphins won that game or not against the Steelers. Call in if you know. It's it. <laughs> so, Elf. The, rise, the the meteoric rise of the 2020, it almost it looks like the 2020 rise that the Bills had, that the Miami Dolphins are currently on, where nobody expected much. People said, oh, well, their, their offense might be a little bit better. They added a, an all-star wide receiver, but so what? It's not going to make that big of an impact. And instead, you guys just shot to the top of the division. It It kind of has that same feel to it, doesn't it? What the Dolphins are doing here in 2022 compared to what we did in 2020. Yeah, who, who would have thought you draft a quarterback in the top five, you get him, give him weapons, and he's good. Uh, we've been trying to say this for two years. It also helps that they have a coach that is not trying to get rid of him every single week and doesn't actively hate his general manager mm-hmm. and his quarterback. So uh, I think I'm astonished that, you know, if your coach doesn't hate your general manager and doesn't hate your quarterback, that you actually can accomplish things in this league. It's crazy because, the, if I, Chris, if I could have told you preseason that the Dolphins were going to be ranked 7th, 3rd, and 1st in one set of categories on one side of the ball, and 22nd, 21st, and 23rd on the other, you would assume that the lesser category, like the lesser rankings would belong to the offense and that their defense was playing lights-out football. And yet instead... They're seventh in points for, third in total yardage, first in net yards per pass attempt. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, it couldn't be the, couldn't be more opposite of a story. Now, you guys have ridden this offensive explosion to the top of the division, and I, I can tell that you have the Cheshire Cat grin even through. I can't even see you, but I know you're. I know that this makes you happy. <laughs> I can tell. Yes. That, that, that this. Chris, did you ever think that we would be in this position when we started recording this podcast? I don't Like when we started this a few years ago. A few? Did you think that... 2015, dude. No, no. When we started doing the Roundup podcasts. Did you think there'd be a day where we were below... Like, obviously, you know, we've all been under the foot of the Patriots for so long. Did you ever foresee a day when we were talking about, ah, you know, those first place Dolphins? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there's plenty of season left for them to fall back out, which they will. <sighs> Tua has now overtaken Josh Allen as a uh, in terms of betting odds for the MVP. Well, he's second. Uh, second to Pat Mahomes right now. It's this is just it's it's a lot to take in, Alf. Now, how how gratifying is this for you after coming on this podcast for two years and having mo- mostly spent that time as an also ran? Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this: uh, I've been remarkably accurate on our podcast with my predictions every single year. So, and actually, I tend to undershoot the team because two years ago I said nine and seven, and they went ten and six. Last year I did say ten and seven, and they went nine and eight. But this year I said eleven and six. And the AFC Championship game. So we shall see if I undershoot this year again. But yeah, it's absolutely it's it's been a it's been a nice little ride, and they got it right, and their their coaches are getting it right, and Josh Boyer is the one that's now getting it right because I have an interesting stat that I wanted to share with you. Remember, I told you that they had to start transitioning out of what they wanted to do. Originally, because they just don't have the defensive backs anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like Byron Jones should be coming back kind of soon, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Like that's kind of expected. So that's going to make them a little bit better. But they've begun the process of essentially canning their their blitz style and their man-to-man defense and going to a more of a traditional four-man rush. You want to take a guess uh, where they rank in pressure rate? with four since they made the Bradley Chubb trade? Where? Um, first. Is, is, is there anything better than first? <laughs> You're like one? One is that is that a good thing? Is this is one yeah. a good number to have? Yeah, and what I like best is that they blitz, and this is from Chris Kaufman, my, my, my podcast mate, so I'm not stealing anything from anybody else. He compiles these numbers. Uh, the Miami Dolphins blitz Jacoby Brissett the least, okay, or the second least in the last three years of any quarterback that they've played. But they pressured him the most of any quarterback that they've played the last three years. That, and they did it with four. I was going to ask. I saw five sacks. I was like, what the hell? This is the, the, That was literally oh, – he, he, he came into the game with 14 sacks on the season. So you guys yeah, against, literally a third of his season total in a single game. Yeah, against the sixth-ranked pass uh, pass blocking offensive line, which is also a good thing. Uh, well, our left tackle turned Miles Garrett into a non-entity, and we ran for two hundred yards. Like there, it was hard to find anything wrong. Uh, I guess our kicker sucks. Yeah, you <laughs> could you could do that. <laughs> he missed two extra points on a field goal. Here's, okay. a, here's so, a funny question about Sanders. So a couple years ago when he had our Hawk, our old punter, uh, Hawk is a, is a holder for him, he was one of the most accurate kickers. Yeah, and, that's when he got his money. <laughs> and then he gets paid and he loses his holder and he proceeds to go straight down the tubes. Yeah, now no, he's bad. Now he's actually a, a bad kicker. Then what you see, though, you watch something similar play out, Chris, when you think about Corey Bohorquez here for Buffalo. Tyler Bass had some notable misses while Bohorquez was his holder here in Buffalo. And then he goes on to the Green Bay Packers and proceeds to hold for what was Mason Crosby's worst season as a professional kicker. 
And so you start to question, is it the kicker? Like, is your kicker bad? Or, I mean, who's holding his punt, his kicks down there now in Miami? Thomas Morstead, who was, who was evidently caught snoozing on our sideline this past Sunday. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're beating another team that badly, it makes sense. You might just take a little cat nap. But so, yeah, you guys thrashed the Browns, a team that the Bills are now left hand-wringing over whether or not we can beat. It's, again, another one of these. Uh, all these losses for Buffalo keep piling up. You had some interesting comments this week on social media. Yeah, obviously, we're all here celebrating. I, I don't know about celebrating. I'm drowning in Montucky. Um, just the, this, the fact that the Dolphins are in first place, the Jets are in second place, and the Bills are shocking everybody by being in third. And you came out of left field with a comment about how Bills fans needed to calm down. Kind of the theme of tonight's show and one of the questions we're asking all of our guests tonight is that, I don't know, do you have any, oh, if, if you had a platform and you had some words for Bills fans who are caught up in their feelings right now, looking up in the division at a pair of teams that they just never thought would catch up to them, much less surpass them in, a, in the season race, what would you have to say to them? I would tell them to, to buck up. Okay, first of all, this is what competition looks like, right? Like, you're not supposed to just run rough shot through the entire division. You didn't think it was going to be that easy, right? You didn't think the Dolphins were going to spend in excess of almost $300 million the last two years in free agents and trade away three first-round picks for three pro bowlers, and then the Jets kind of do eerily the same and then have the Patriots do absolutely nothing. But the, the top, you know, the top two right now, for lack of a better word, have improved their teams drastically. Now, you expected what? That they were just going to be trash forever? No, this is competition. Like, this is what competition is going to look like, right? And this is what it's going to look like going forward. Now, you have these teams at home. It's not time to panic. When you lose at home to a division foe, that's when it's time to panic. But it, the time to panic is not yet. And... I don't think you're going to have to panic unless, you know, a certain team beats you December 18th. (laughs) Chris, what will happen? What will happen not just to us? Like, obviously, Nate Geary is going to come out here and do a preview pod with Elf, which is going to be fun. If the Bills lose to Miami in December. It's not going to happen. Okay. I'll put a Seagram's on it now. Oh, you're going to take a Seagram's. Man, see now, see, I'm one of those people I was talking to. <laughs> one of those people who's just frustrated. There's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of angst. I'm one of the people, Elf. <laughs> You're yelling at telling to buck up because I guess to to your point, I assumed that this was going to be easier. That this was going to be, I don't know, like, and not even because you can't compare any team to what the Patriots did, right? We all suffered at the hands of the New England Patriots. And I guess that's the the thing is we've been talking to our guests tonight. The thing I walk away from this is a 20-year run and having 19 of those 20 years you win the division, that's absurd. That's That's a gross outlier that should never happen in the NFL the way it's designed and will probably never happen again. But at the same time, when you look at teams who have star players and are highly competitive and have good coaching and have these things going on for them, it's just like, I don't know, 
you're so you're, you're not supposed to be caught in this every other year quagmire back to back three out of four five out of six if you have a future hall of famer quarterback in your team i mean i i look at like peyton manning and the colts you know, they, they weren't the patriots but realistically they kind of ran roughshod over their division yeah they, they go to the the newly formed afc south they start to i don't know they just start to roll. And I'm looking at their finishes right now. They finished first out of five back in 1999. Then 22,000, they finished second. They make it as a wild card team. You know, they second, second place again in 2002. And then from there, it was one, two, three, four, five straight division titles. I guess I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about what I assumed we had built here. That I assumed Josh Allen was, that I assumed our coaching staff was, and I thought that we had more than two in us, I guess. And I didn't, I don't like the thought of us potentially wasting those two seasons. That's where my angst comes from. So through that lens, am I being, like, is it, is it still overreactionary of me to be hand wringing now that we're in this position? No, because this is competition. Like, you know, this is what it's supposed to look like. Uh, you know, it's not I guess it's not fair that the Patriots had that margin, that magic carpet ride for 20 years. But it, it is what it is. Right. I guess, you know, who knows how the hell they pulled that off. But they did. It's mostly about that quarterback, obviously, because he's magic when he goes to Tampa Bay. And, you know, and there's no denying that he went to Tampa Bay, just called up a few friends. They load up a team. They win a Super Bowl. So it was as simple as that. They're absolutely garbage right now. And they still have like a little magic carpet, right? Because their division is the worst in football. So they're going to have a home game in the playoffs. And who knows? That NFC is so bad. They can find themselves in another Super Bowl. <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 not supposed to be easy, you know. And I guess it's kind of easy for the Chiefs lately. But for everything that they have and for them having the greatest quarterback, maybe of all time, although I happen to think Aaron Rodgers is the best of all time, they have one Super Bowl. That's it. Like, we would have thought, I remember when they won the first one, I said, oh, my God, here's another 20 years. But it might be just another 20 years where you have to go through Kansas City in the AFC Championship game or in the divisional round. That's all. But, you know, it's just, it, it wasn't normal what we witnessed with the with the Patriots. It just wasn't. Like, no. this is what it's going to look like going forward. <sighs> that doesn't make me feel any better, Alf. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, what shouldn't make you feel any better is that UCL injury. You guys said you lost the game because I saw when you guys started uh, Josh Allen, I was thinking, okay, now they win the game. That's how you justify it. But once you lose, man, it's hard. It's hard to justify playing him and then losing, you know, because that UCL injury is just going to get worse and worse until he gets some some rest. It's it's a whole lot of something, Elf. It's a whole lot of something. Guys, you're going to head off into your bye week. Enjoy your time in the sun. My only hope, my only hope is that when we sit down to do this again next week, our teams are at least tied. Because if they're not, if you think that there was despair before, <laughs> you strap in. It's it's going to get ugly. <laughs> yeah, man. If, if, if the Cleveland Browns can pull that off on Sunday, you know, and then the Dolphins, by the grace of God, can get past their their juggernaut of a game on next Sunday against the Texans. Then, yeah, that's 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 pretty bad. Because then we head out west for good weather, 
and we have a game to play with before our showdown on December 18th. But I'm pretty certain. I said it all along. December 18th is for the division. Uh, I haven't changed my mind. That's going to be it. God. Well, enjoy the bye week, sir. And in the meantime, where can people find all of your content and follow you on social? Uh, you can follow me on a beach somewhere at Hollywood Beach here down in Broward County. <laughs> but you can listen to us on Three Yards Per Carry. That's the number three yards per carry. Anywhere you get your podcast, check out our Twitter account. Also, the number three yards per carry. Christian Simonelli, Scott Mason, Alpha Artiaga, three of the best. You can just go with the elite because this whole division is the elite division in football. I mean, what, everybody's above 500? Is that right? Everybody is above 500. And if I take a look at this, like, let's see, uh, football outsiders. Uh, when I look at the. So when I look at the mean wins, I go to football outsiders and look at 2022 NFL playoff odds. Like they've got the NFC, the AFC. When I look at this. One, two, three, one, two, ba, ba, ba. right now, the AFC, like we are the only division in the AFC who doesn't have negative, there's not a single team in our division with negative, what do they call them, Dave odds. I, I don't know what that means, D-A-V-E, there's a, there's a thing here. Uh, Dave ratings is two teams as well as home advantage, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, it's basically meant to be like when you look at their mean wins and where you think that team is going to finish right now, we're the only division in the NFL that has all of the teams in the division estimated according to football outsiders analytics to finish with more than eight wins. Does it or does it not make us the best? Although the NFC East, the NFC East is also in that category. We're the only one in the AFC that can claim that. Really? Including with Washington? They think Washington's good for another three wins. I don't know about that. I mean, they do if they... It's, it's, it's hard. I mean, look at this. Their division. The D- Dallas, Dallas is right where we are at 6-3. and three, Right? The Giants are 7-2. and two. This is all crazy. This is all crazy when you think about it. Our division has suddenly become the most competitive, and I am not. I and a lot of other Bills fans have not handled it well. And I think it's for all the reasons I just explained to Elf as I sit here on my, what, seventh beer. But so those are the reasons, combined with the things that I talked about with Elf earlier tonight, just about the outlook for things and the way we got to where we are right now. There's a lot of people out there who look at this and go, the division wasn't supposed to be this difficult this quickly. Our Chris, doesn't it make it feel like our window might be closing a lot faster than we as Bills fans gave it credit for? No, no, you just, that's all you. Sure, and probably half a million other Bills fans out there. Highly doubt that. Tweet at us, at Rockpile Report, if you're surprised by how how competitive this division got and the effect, and you're surprised by the effect that that's having on our own win percentage. Considering two of our three losses belong inside the division for the first time in two years. Tweet at us, at Rockpile Report. Let us hear it. Hopefully next week we have a little bit rosier of a show. We're going to be recording on Monday. 
This is our last show of the week you'll hear, so it's probably a good thing to tell you. We'll be recording on Monday. Due to Thanksgiving. Due to Thanksgiving and that whole tradition. I guess, I don't know. Chris, do we deserve to be a playoff team if we can't beat the three-win Browns? Yeah, we are a playoff team. Whether or not withstanding, do we deserve to be in the playoffs? We won't be. Do the Chiefs deserve to be in the playoffs considering they lost to a below 500 Colts team? According to Project538.com, right, and their NFL prediction, like their NFL calculator, a loss to Cleveland this week sees a 14% decrease in our playoff odds. It's one of the single biggest swings of any team that's going to play this week because it's another it's another conference loss to a team that both of the people who beat us in the division also beat. So now you're not only losing on a head-to-head tiebreaker, you're also losing the common opponent tiebreaker. So a loss to them sets you even farther back, even if you win the upcoming game against your divisional opponents. This game carries a lot of weight. That maybe you, with all of your pomade over there in the corner, aren't thinking about. I did use pomade today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother, where art thou? You got to watch that movie, Chris. You have to. No, never seen it. Of course not. Is that where they, like, shoot cows? There's a million movies where they shoot cows. No, this is where they're running from the, the, the escape prison. Don't they, like, do, isn't there something? John Turturro? Uh, isn't there a scene with cows where they, like, run over cows or shoot cows? <laughs> something with cattle? You're going to have to watch it, Chris. Just go watch the movie. You, I'm not going to. George Clooney's character and you have a lot in common. I think someone made the joke on Twitter that they they assumed you would have loved the movie considering how worried that guy is about his hair at all times. I haven't seen it, not going <laughs> to see it. <laughs> Guys... Hopefully we have better things, better times ahead of us and better things to talk about. But for tonight, we got to get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. And this has been your AFC's Roundup.